Life is about core memories, creating moments with your friends, with your kids that you guys will never forget. And we have one right in our backyard here, Atlanta United. I can't stress this enough to you guys. If you haven't gone, it is the most spectacular sports event in Atlanta. The crowd is wild. They never sit down. It is electric. It is an amazing event each and every week. And the games are right down the street. It is Atlanta. Go online. Get your tickets today. ATLUTD.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Kristen might be coming into the show today feeling a little on the wonky side, maybe a little concerned today. Yeah, I, th- I would say uh, poor Bart. He's just, he definitely has more concern because the dogs are his domain in the house. Um, but our, our big monster... Willie Tate is having a surgery today. So something happened in the backyard. Bart didn't see it, but he heard the the very distinctive yelp. And it wasn't like a, oh, I stepped on a pine cone yelp. It was like, oh, something tragic happened. And he saw Willie and then Willie started limping and was putting no weight on one of his back legs. Mm. And, um, you know, you, you think, okay, maybe they just pulled something. He was roughhousing with one of the other dogs too much. But um, it soon became very apparent that this wasn't just like a a, a pulled muscle. This was something more. Mm. So we took him to the vet. We took him to Blue Pearl. And they they looked. And sure enough, he, he tore a ligament Ooh. in his leg. And how old is he? He's five. Okay. And so he's, he's, he's getting surgery today. Um, and it's just, yeah, they... They were very thorough with Bart and explaining it, and it should be very straightforward. Dogs do well with this. Of course, there's like your typical risk with anesthesia and stuff like that. But um, so I, I walked out the door, did the usual routine, of course, always rushing because I give myself the absolute minimal time to get here. Um, I kissed my husband and I walked out the door and I stopped and I immediately turned around and went back in the house. And the monster was just laying there on the couch. And so I went over and gave him a, mm-hmm. an extra a, a guess, a extra little kiss and a little boop on the nose and told him, make sure you do good today. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty routine stuff. I had a bulldog that had uh, two ACLs really? that were replaced. Uh, and those dogs, they have no pain. To- I, I mean, uh, their pain tolerance is so deep that in both cases, he ripped both of them and just kept playing. I was throwing yeah. a bottle for him and he was playing and playing and playing and playing. No yelp, no nothing. I woke up the next morning, his ACL was ripped. And who knows how the second one happened, but it's pretty routine stuff now. No, that, and that's what they said. So here's just a hoping and putting out in the universe that they have a successful surgery today. And, you know, recovery is going to be interesting with a 120-pound dog. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bulldog's legs a little shorter. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> Willie's like a freaking deer. <laughs> He's but a big boy. He is a yeah. very big boy. So if you have Willie on your fantasy football team this week, you want to take him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, You're not going to get any points. He's going to be riding the pine for a couple weeks. <laughs> All right, so Abby thought, look, the guy's cute. I mean, he's got to be safe. I'll just jump in his car with him, sure. I mean, I've never met him before, but I'll get in there. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing people tell you growing up is don't get into cars with strangers. And I literally went running into some dude's <laughs> car last week because he had floppy brown hair. But I swear. <laughs> That's all it took. Okay. That's all it takes. Okay. That's the bare minimum for me. It's just floppy brown hair and six foot two. <laughs> he's in a car and he's sitting down, so you couldn't tell how tall he was. You can tell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have like a six foot radar. I'm like, beep, beep. it's like every man above six feet in the general vicinity, I can just have him on like a little little radar. It's like how high his head was over the steering wheel. Yeah. Like mine's going to go in between the steering wheel. So you know. It's just way above there, right? The size of the hands, you can tell too. Like the way they're gripping it, just like six foot energy. Anyway. All right. So I'm, I've been really into health and wellness recently, and I've been trying to get 10,000 steps in a day because that's what people tell you to do. 
do. You got to get in at least 10,000 steps. So every night I try to go on a walk around this really beautiful park. It's very aesthetic. I can listen to my music. Feels like I'm in a music video. It's great. And also I get to, you know, be a little bit healthy. So last week I trotted outside and I noticed like nobody's really out here. You, normally it's like super crowded. I'm like dodging small children, big groups of girls who are taking up the entire sidewalk. So I'm like, you know, there's probably nothing weird. And so I'm like kind of clocking that nobody's out here. And then it starts to drizzle. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, everyone looked at the re- weather radar and I didn't. But you know what? I'm from Florida. I'm like half mermaid anyway. I've lived under sea level. This is normal for me. I'm swimming through the rain because it's, it's kind of drizzly. And Gen Z will know that when it's raining and, and you're out in the world, maybe you're in a car and there's like some really romantic rain falling down the window. It feels like you're in a music video and there's only one song one can listen to as you're romanticizing your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm listening to Come and, Come and Clean. I'm feeling very clean, very romantic. And then... God is uh, baptizing you right now. You're rom- <laughs> let the romantic baptism begin. That's how it feels. The holy water is drenching me. <laughs> and people are walking by. They've got their umbrellas. They're like, do you want an umbrella? Do you need a rain jacket? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm romanticizing Thank my life. Thank you. I'm good. You're not tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of like moms like with their children. They're like, honey, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> let me live my life. And so as I'm walking, it's starting to like really pick up speed. It's torrential downpouring at this point. My clothes are soaked. My hair is wet. My makeup is running down my face. It's no longer really romantic, but again, I'm from Florida. I have literally driven my moped scooter through a category two hurricane. Like this is literally nothing. And then all of a sudden off in the distance, as if it's a cherub descending down from the heavens, two headlights of a cherry red Ford F-150 come directly oh, come at me. Come on in, girl. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it pulls up right beside me. The window rolls down. And in the passenger, well, in the, in the driver's seat. I'd hope so. Why? Well, so that man talented. <laughs> That's a very tall dude. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's so tall, he has to drive from the passenger seat. <laughs> With his floppy brown hair and his big brown eyes and his big hands and his striped polo. I mean, it's literally what frat boy dreams are made of. It's like my type descended into the heavens, come to rescue me. And he's just like, ma'am, do you need a ride? And I'm just like, oh, yes, yes, sir. I don't know what I, I don't know why I was out here all alone anyway. Oh, damsel in distress. (laughs) As if I wasn't willingly out there swimming in the Georgia rain. So he lets me in. I literally lost it. I get in the passenger seat. He grabs the seatbelt and buckles me in. I'm like, gentlemen. And I'm just so mesmerized by this man. And I over here like, (laughs) how do you know he's not going to take that belt and put it around your neck? Because he smelled good. (laughs) You know, Jeffrey Dahmer was alluring to a lot of people as well, okay? Listen, I just got, I got the sense. I'm like, I feel like if you were a Ted Bundy adjacent, I would know. You know, I just. wouldn't smell like this. He wouldn't smell like this. Okay. Okay. So he's like, I noticed that you you were out here like, he he asked me like, He's like, can I drop you off? I'm like, yes, my apartment's right up the road. He goes, oh perfect. Oh, wow. And wow. I'm just showing you where you live. I live right there. Here's the address. It's 230 Main Street, and it's apartment 918. Yeah. I live all alone, by the way. Right. And the security code is 1849. Which like, Would you like to drive past my place of employment so you can also see where I work from 6 to 10 a.m. every morning? Maybe he knew I was on the Burt Show. Maybe oh, he's like, uh, oh, let me help uh, out at home, yeah. girl. Which, and, if you're listening, hey. And in the closet, you'll find a shovel to bury me with. <laughs> All my good knives are in this drawer. So I'm like, oh, my apartment's up this way. You can take me in this direction. He's like, perfect. And he goes, I noticed you were walking the other direction. Were you not walking back to your apartment? And I was like, well, you know, the the rain's just so romantic. And he's just like looking up uh, over at me like, who is this weirdo? Now he thinks you're the murderer. Right. <laughs> he's like, is this girl going to stab me? Yeah, he's got to think that you're yeah. not stable either. I mean, she gets in a car with a complete stranger. <laughs> <laughs> you are a strange one. And sends him in the opposite direction she was walking. Okay. It's <laughs> Hillary uh-huh. Duff from the early 2000s right. blasting. <laughs> He's like, ma'am, why are you crying? I'm like, it's Hillary Duff. <laughs> hey, can you turn your Bluetooth on so I can connect to my phone so I can play this song? <laughs> no, I didn't want to connect to the Ox because you know who he was also playing? The love of my life, Riley Green. Oh, I'm like, all, we are soulmates. All the stars are aligning L- here. Literally, I'm like, as long as this man doesn't murder me, this is going to be a great love story. <laughs> so he pulls up to my apartment, and
and I'm ready to like make my move. I've fallen in love. He's got the country music in the background. I've had my rom-com moment of him rescuing me from the side of the road. And so as I turn to like, prof- not profess my love, but to make a move, he goes, oh, I recognize this apartment complex. Oh, I murdered two women. <laughs> yes, you this is the same apartment complex. What are the chances? Man, this is going to be the trifecta. <laughs> but believe it or not, it was worse than that. He goes, my girlfriend used to live here. Oh, uh, wah, wah. And I'm like, mm, that's, okay. so, that's so great. And I was like, well, when you break up with her, you know where to find me. <laughs> and as I'm getting out of the car, I'm like, tell her, <laughs> tell her I'm sorry I left the seat wet. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it was raining. So, that I, so that, this is the worst Which part. Which is clearly something she never did. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting out of the car. I go up to the front door of my apartment complex, and then I realize... I left my keys in the car. No, you did oh, not. In his truck? In his truck. So I had to turn around. <laughs> I am making no eye contact with this man. I'm just like Helen Kellering it in the, in the back of the seat <laughs> trying to get my keys. I grab my keys. I race upstairs. I have never been so humiliated or wet. Why would you or, be humiliated? Yeah, because right. I made a move. And I like, you know. You made a move by how? When? I by, like, ri- by risking her life to be with this man. Do you make Getting no. in the car is not a move. No wonder you're having trouble dating, girl. That's not a move. <laughs> well, you know. I, I thought I was putting the feelers out there. Like, tell her when when you break up with her, come find me. You know mm. where to find me. Apartment 814. That is a move. Eight floors. That's a really bad one, but that's a move. The Burt Show. Guys, you remember the first time, like, your significant other met your family or your extended family and how nervous you were? At least for me, it was just like every word you want to to, to be accepted by the family. It's pretty stressful, right? So, uh, Jackson Kim, our phone screener here, has been going out with Kate for how long now? Uh, we met last June, and we've been officially dating since last November, so officially over a year. And she has met your immediate family, but this Thanksgiving she met everybody. Exactly. Um, my parents live in um, the, the state, and so we're, we're close by, and I have a few aunts and uncles that also live here. So she's met co- a few cousins and aunts and uncles intermittently throughout the last year, but this is the first time where, like, everyone was going to be together at once, especially all of, like, my out-of-town uh, relatives as well. So this is going to make a statement, I think, in any culture also, when you bring somebody up around and to meet not only the immediate but the extended family, everybody's like, okay, Jackson here is serious about this girl. It's a big deal. Um, you know, the rumblings start happening a few you know, months beforehand, like, oh, we hear someone's dating someone. Like, do you think they're going to bring them around for Thanksgiving? It's always like a lot of anticipation leading up towards it. And then when you do end up bringing them around, it like it does make a statement that like, OK, things are definitely pretty serious enough for them to be around. And have you met her family and her extended family? I have met her family and her extended family. They live out in Philly, so um, not as convenient to get to. But I've we've flown up there twice this year. OK. Wow. And how did it, how do you feel like you did? That was also a terrifying experience, probably a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that I did well. I think that I did well. All right. So did they um, give her the same kind of inquisition that they gave you when you walked in the house as well? Um, so she didn't show up for, she had to actually work, um, Wednesday. And so in order to avoid traffic and everything, she didn't want to, it didn't make sense for her to drive like the hour and a half to my grandparents' house that day. And so she actually met up with my cousins, um, later that night. And so she didn't meet everyone officially until the next day. Um, but of course, when I got there, they're like, where's your girlfriend? Where's your girlfriend? Like that was part of the inquisition of where's your girlfriend. So I had to explain all that to them. Um, the thing about my family is that, um, while most families celebrate Thanksgiving, you know, on Thanksgiving, our celebration tends to start much earlier and we'll actually go throughout the entire week. There's like a Google calendar and invites that get sent out with like dinner plans and everything that's going on throughout the week. So it's it's a lot to take in for a newcomer. For sure. sure. Okay. So you bring uh, Kate around the family and you told us yesterday you thought everything went absolutely great. I did. I, I really did. I was really proud of her. I, the thing is and Mike, all of my cousins and siblings can attest to this, like leading up to it, there's always like a big sit down that you have to have with your significant other and tell them like, just by the way, there's a lot for you to prep. We're a loud family. We are a big family. We're a family that likes to have a lot of fun, but we've also all known each other for our entire lives. So it's like, it's like catching up with siblings, honestly, that have lived across the country when we see all of our cousins. So it's a huge reunion and I'd say it's a big deal. So I have to do a lot of, there's a lot of like prep um, conversations that go into it of 
what to expect. You got certain individuals you got to warn her about? Exactly. (laughs) Certain to warn about, certain that are probably going to ask some probing questions that she needs to just, like, take as is, and it's nothing, like, personal or anything. It's just the way that they operate. Okay. Uh, On a 1 to 10... This will be my last question, then we'll get your sister on to give her take on it. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, oh my God, nothing went wrong, everything was perfect, everybody loved each other, it was a wonderful experience, where are we at? I'm going to give it a solid 9. 9? Wow. Yeah. wow. Okay. She impressed everybody. I think so. A, a 9. All right, so let's get your sister on here. Leah, before we even get into how the details of how you think it went, I had Tommy ask you off the air on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10. Oh what did you think? It, how did it go? I felt like she did a pretty great job. I would definitely say she was at like maybe an eight and a half, eight. Okay. All right. All right. So um, when they left, everybody was talking well about her. I mean, your your impression of the family with her? Because you know when she left the room, y'all talked about her, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, even um, uh, during that first dinner where she wasn't there, uh, once again, Jackson had mentioned that we were talking about her. Um, But yeah, it was all good things. And the thing about our family is that, yeah, you have to impress the aunts and uncles, obviously, but also our cousins. So there's different levels of like, you know, impressions and getting to know people and expectations that um, the adult set versus the quote-unquote kid set. Is there one person in the family for your entire family that if everybody liked uh, Kate and this one person didn't, like a grandmother or a grandfather maybe, then it, it doesn't much matter. Like in the electoral college, they're Texas <laughs> and everybody else is like New Hampshire. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a couple, I think. My grandparents are definitely, they have a big say in it, but they're, they're so old now that, like, I can't really fully trust their judgment on everything. Not to say that they said anything bad, but... So you're saying they're senile. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there's, I mean, my grandpa just turned, like, 95, so oh, he's, like, okay. he's, wow. he's up there, you know? Um, but I do have also one aunt that uh, lives out in L.A., and she's, like, a super successful lawyer, and she's the one that, like, usually people were kind of... Uh, my aunts and uncles were waiting for, you know, Kate and I to, like, come up and, intru- and me for, to introduce her. My aunt just walks straight up to her and is like, this is me, like, Hello, nice to meet you. All right, let's get to the nitty-gritty, Leah. So you gave her like a solid eight and a half. What was the one thing that could have pushed her to a ten? Oh, um, I think just maybe, honestly, the fact that this was her first time, Mm -hmm. I think just, you know, comfort levels aren't necessarily all there. Um, But like I said, I feel like there was nothing in particular she did wrong by any means. Gotcha. She was able to rally and keep up, but also um, did very well with the questioning and the um, more formalities and the interview kind of questions and things of that nature. I feel like it's a family pageant. Good political (laughs) response. (laughs) Seriously. There's nothing there, I guess. (laughs) It's like like that Westminster thing. Yeah. (laughs) Did your mom and dad run around with her, or did you run around to see if she was jumping over couches? (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, with our cousins especially, like, the big thing that we love to do is, like, you know, after dinner, every Everyone kind of like will settle into the basement and we go and get our party on and like it's all like drinking games and having a really good time. And so being able to hang in that atmosphere is like hugely vital and she kept up perfectly. Oh, awesome. and not make a complete ass out of yourself exactly. when you're wasted. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Leah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I saw it went as well as you thought it went. Yeah. Exactly. Well done. The Burt Show. We have heard it said <clears throat> that a very healthy assignment would be to... Uh, Assume that if you left a voicemail for your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? And it helps in a whole bunch of different areas. Like, have you always taken your own advice? What is the most important advice you might give to somebody that was younger? So it's a pretty important exercise. And I was reading about it on vacation and asked these guys like, hey, let's do this. Let's go ahead and leave voicemails for each for ourselves at whatever age we choose. So, Kristen, what age did you choose and why that age? I chose 16-year-old Kristen. Okay. Because I wanted to give her some time to process what I was about to tell her. <laughs> and um, literally a year later, there was somebody I needed to warn her about. <laughs> Is that right? So it was somebody yes. specific. Yeah, it was some, there, there was, so I took this assignment very seriously, almost too seriously. And when I started thinking about some things that I, I felt I needed to avoid 
because there's there's things I think you need to go through in order to become the person that you are and to appreciate what you have. And I did want to detract from that, but there are certain things that happened in my life. I'm like, that was a stupid life lesson. I didn't need it. Yep. Um, and so I, I chose 16 year old me and um, I got it in under 30 seconds, quite a bit. I talked really <laughs> fast because there's a lot that I wanted to get in because I felt the pressure of 30 seconds. But this is the voicemail I left my 16 year old self. Okay, 16-year-old Kristen, I need you to listen up. I only have 30 seconds. Stay away from that older umpire at Shillitoe Park. He's just going to take advantage of you, and you'll look back and realize he's super gross. Do not hook up with a football player from Georgetown. He's just going to ghost you. The rest of the heartbreaks you'll need to experience in order to grow and appreciate the one. In college, when you pull out of Fazoli's, don't pull in the far right lane. There's a cop that will hit you. Go to therapy sooner. Get on meds sooner. Travel more. Freeze your eggs. Love you, girl. There's a lot to unpack here. I wish I could have elaborated more on the end when I was like, freeze your eggs. She's probably going to be confused. Like, okay, what eggs are we talking about here? And I meant to be like, the ones in your ovaries. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. All right, who were the dudes in the beginning? Oh, so there was an umpire at Shillotoe Park. I was 17. He was 27. Oh, Wait, he's he, he waited till I turned 18. It was, it was, it was just, it was, it was all bad. Um, so we're going to nix that. And then there was a uh, football player from Georgetown that I hooked up with and he just, right after we hooked up, he promptly goes to me, like just never heard from the dude again. He was that, ghosting before ghosting was even cool. Yeah. I, yeah. So <laughs> that done. And then I told you guys, I was not the best driver. I got in several accidents after I got my driver's license. The most impressive one was I, f- full disclosure, was in college and I was depressed. And so I went to Fazoli's to get some spaghetti <laughs> and breadsticks. And when I pulled out of the Fazoli's parking lot, um, I pulled out into the far right lane and a cop car was coming and turning down a nut and we like collided into each other. Into a cop car. Yes. Um, so yes, I got in so many accidents. I actually hit a cop, even though I never heard anything else about it. And I think they dubbed it. It was his fault. I have no idea. So figured you could just avoid that. And then I think this is kind of like generic, um, advice for everybody. I wish I wouldn't got. I wish I would have gone to therapy sooner. I wish I would have gotten on meds sooner. And because of my fertility struggles, I wish I would have froze my eggs. Mm, okay. Easy I wish easy. I was a little bit taller, and I wish I was a baller. baller. <laughs> I wish I had a girl who was good. <laughs> I, would <call> <laughs> uh, I went to seventeen years old. Also, I have a feeling all of us are probably going to head that direction right there because those are the most formative. Uh, and before you even listen to this, just know that at seventeen years old, um, I literally weighed about eighty-two pounds. All right, I was teeny, teeny, teeny little guy. So that's how I started off. And I have realized that I've made one mistake my entire life, every single time. So it wasn't a whole bunch of things like yours. I focused on this one thing pretty much. Hey, 17-year-old Bert. It's older Bert. First thing, you got to start working out, dude. Look how small you are, man. Get to a gym. Secondly, dude, start following your instincts and your gut. You are going to mess things. You always know the right thing to do, and you always talk yourself out of it. So I'm telling you right now, your gut does not lie. Follow your gut the rest of your life, and it's going to be smooth sailing. And you're very talented. <laughs> that would also be the voicemail I would have left for myself last week. <laughs> it just never changes, ever. Mine is in the same vein as Bert's. Uh, it's actually to like my 22-year-old self, though, because I think that was the point in my life where I realized, I started to realize that I think differently than my peers and then my family, and my journey looks a little different. And I, I would, I think I wasn't happy because I didn't believe in myself enough to believe that my journey didn't have to look like anyone else's. And I could actually trust my instincts and not change and not, I guess, fold under the pressure. I did have to record this twice in full transparency because the first time I did it, I stopped it and I was at 64 seconds. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I clearly don't have a good idea what time is. But this is what I would have said to my 22-year-old self. To my younger self, my message to you is simple. Believe in yourself. Never stop. Life is going to throw things at you that make you believe that you should stop. Friends and family will even throw things at you unknowingly that make you believe that you should stop. But your journey does not have to look like anyone else's. Your journey is yours. And your dreams are the ones that need to be fulfilled. You got this. Always believe in yourself. Never stop. It will all make sense in the end. Keep going. 
Okay, fine. Amen. That's Don't it. stop believing. That's what I should have done. I just should have done their lyrics. 30 <laughs> seconds of their lyrics. <laughs> All right, Abby. All right, I decided to leave a voicemail for myself at 18 because that's when my life changed dramatically. I went from living on the straight and narrow to like eating... I was like eating in the in the library by myself in high school, spending my nights at the youth group to like taking tequila shots off of pledges stomachs. Like my life changed dramatically and I just wanted to send myself a little message to take a step back. Put down the hunch punch. Yes, you 18-year-old Abby, it's me from the future calling to give you some advice. I've only got 30 seconds, so I'll make this quick, but I know life feels out of control and chaotic and there's so much change happening. Try to embrace it. Take some time for yourself. I know FOMO is real, but trust me, taking like a week to just be like a hermit will make the fun times more fun because you prioritize yourself and your health. Okay, love you. Go freaking gators. <laughs> that was the worst advice. <laughs> the very last thing. <laughs> um, are you still struggling with the same thing now as the advice that you gave yourself at 18 or no? What, taking shots off of 18-year-old boys? <laughs> no. Not that way. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. No, I mean, I think I definitely needed, I, I'm better at prioritizing myself and, and being a hermit when needed. Maybe too much to a fault sometimes, but I think I was so caught up in making sure that I didn't miss out that I probably engaged in too much my freshman year of college. I think that's a rite of passage for those of us that may have been a little sheltered in Mm -hmm. high school or had some overprotective parents (sighs) that you go from zero to 60 the minute you step on that campus. I will still always point to that is truly the reason why I couldn't get through college. I mean, my parents were so controlling that when I went to San Diego State, I was wilding and out, man. I had no intention of studying whatsoever (laughs) because it was my first bit of freedom. I never got it at all in high school. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think I went crazy, but I I didn't know when to say no. I couldn't spend a night in my dorm. I had to go out with people. I had to look at the Snapchat and see where everyone was out. And I think (laughs) just like a week to myself would have really benefited me to kind of take a step back and be like, wow, I've changed a lot in the last six months. Let's take record of it. Let's see what we want to keep, what we want to change and then move forwards, which, you know, that's how I manage myself. The Burt Show. All right, moving on. There is a cliche when it comes to tattoos that if everything is going great in your relationship and you decide to get matching tattoos with your significant other or the person that's important to you right now, relationship is doomed, doomed. Cassie's thinking about going in. Well, my husband's the one who brought it up. So my husband has five tattoos and he's got plans for like eight more or something like that. He's got it all mapped out, including a sleeve. And I have zero, zero tattoos. And I flirted with the idea in the past. I just, I guess I couldn't commit ever. Like I thought about a fleur de lis because I grew up in Louisiana or a really simple wave or like the Welsh dragging, which is where I was born. And just nothing felt like important enough to put on my body permanently. Now, I love tattoos. I love them. I'm the annoying person who's like, tell me about your tattoo. What does it mean? Because I think a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have stories. And I think it's a really cool way, like for some people, when you put it on your skin permanently, it means something really important to you. And I want to know about that story if you want to share it. I just don't have anything interesting enough to permanently put on my body. But then my husband was like, we should get matching tattoos. And I think it's going to be for the kids is what he was Mm -hmm. insinuating. And I was like, I love it. But, I mean, there's nothing more permanent than children. I'm not going to get rid of them. But also, a little part of me is like, I don't know if I want that to be my first tattoo. Mm -hmm. And that it's a matching tattoo with my husband feels like the kiss of death. I I don't know. It's weird. But I got obsessed obsessed with, like, ink pox and those temporary tattoos that last for, like, three weeks. And Mm -hmm. they look real. I love them so much. But I'm afraid as soon as I get an actual tattoo, I'm going to be like... I don't like it. Can you take it off? But you can't. <laughs> so the one, so his idea is let's get a matching tattoo that honors the kids, right? Yes. And I think with your journey into motherhood and like kind of losing part of your identity, and if this is your first tattoo, I think it should be something like not kid oriented. I like that idea, especially because I know what he has planned for the kids' cat tattoo, mm-hmm. which is yeah. super, super cool for him. I don't want that on I feel like me. Th- I feel like this is a chance for you to be like selfish and make it solely about 
you, like something for you. Because as a mom, everything you do is for your kids. And I'm not saying don't get a tattoo to honor your kids. I have plenty of friends who have tattoos that have honored their kids. But just you've been so open and vocal and vulnerable about your motherhood journey and postpartum and struggling with losing yourself and finding this new path that I feel like your your first tattoo, if you had other tattoos, get the kid tattoo. But for your first tattoo... I think it should be just for you. Maybe I'll get my own face from my twenties and be like in memoriam. <laughs> I think you I should. Te- I think you should tell both kids that you're only going to get one of their faces tattooed <laughs> on your body, <laughs> and they've got one year Listen, to be that person. I am not getting a face on my body. All right, I the ones who can do good face portraits are way out of my budget. Uh, Kay Lee uh, worked at a tattoo place for a very, very, very long time. Is the cliche genu- generally true? Or would you even know that the couple broke up after getting the tattoo? Well, I didn't follow everyone's life who came in and decided to get somebody's name or face or whatever. Um, But, yeah, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's bad luck, but it's just it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, Cassie, if you want to get your husband's face between two ferns, I think that would be pretty Uh, amazing, right? He looks like Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah. And you could always just point to, hey, it's Zach. But yeah, I mean, I get the whole story thing behind it. But if you want, just tell them the story. I mean, like if you really like about, you know, how you met or whatever it is that the tattoo is symbolizing it. I mean, I I wouldn't do it. I think it is. It always normally ends up bad. And then you have to cover it up or get it lasered. And then your skin's jacked up for life. And so, you know. So, Kaylee, all the tattoos you have, not one of them is dedicated to your wife, Erin? Well, uh, no, not necessarily. Well, sort of, kind of. Like, like I've got... I've got some themes on my body where I have chosen, I have chosen, like, I've got two girls' faces, but, the, like. But not my wife's? Yeah, who's, who, 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 I used, I used my, I used my wife's picture as a, as a. Um, guide? Guide, but yeah, it's, but yeah. It's, but so, it's not her. But yeah, no one like. Yeah, hold on a second. Let's stay here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> this so one's you, a no question. So <laughs> <laughs> Never. Really it's complicated. <laughs> so you got a picture of two faces, female faces on your body that you used your wife's face for inspiration, but it's not your wife's face. Well, it is. Well, I mean, it that's due to interpretation. Is like, one of your themes regret? No, not at all. No, but Aaron has one that is. No, like on my left arm where it's got a full sleeve, uh, you know, there was one point in my life where my grandfather had passed away. It was kind of a dark time. I broke up with a girlfriend of five years. I didn't use her face, but I found a picture of, a beautiful picture of, so I just wanted to symbolize, like, a girl's face. So, but it wasn't like that girl. Okay. Well, can you send me those pictures? Because it sounds really pretty. I'll just use that. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can do that. We can duplicate Hey, Brandy, we have about 10 seconds here, but I think this is a great idea for Cassie. Yes, actually, I'm doing it for my daughter also. My son, when he got old enough, he has written, I love you, mommy, and it's up under my forearm with his nickname on it. And I also have my sister who passed away his handwriting on my collarbone. Okay. So, if you're, yeah, if your kids, if you want to do something with your kids, just wait a little older until they can do something for you. No, I think you should do it now. Yeah, Have them do something and whatever they create. We're, <laughs> enrolling them in calligraphy classes today. No, no, no. Today you go home. Have Hazel write something. Have Max write something. And then we put it on the website and let's decide what you get time on your Make sure they're not going to be a serial killer first before you go putting their names on you. Because, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, you wouldn't want, like, his name on what? you at that point. Right. Well, no problem. Where did that come from? Right. So How old are the kids? That is so left field. <laughs> Two and four. What, at what year do you determine that my kid's going to be a serial killer? Or not be a serial killer. I don't know. Wait till they're an adult and see how they turn out. The same year he determines it's actually his wife's face on his arm. That escalated so quick. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match. So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, 
we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. Hey, y'all, it's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all, and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. The Burt Show. Our listener Tasha met her boyfriend's ex at Thanksgiving, and she's watching the two of them. She's like, something's going on there. So she wants us to test him to see if her instinct is right or not. We'll get to her in just one second. Uh, we've got a Burt Show team member on the disabled list right now. Uh, I'm talking about Rebecca. Uh, who does social media for us, and uh, she told you guys weeks and weeks ago that she had some cancer on her tongue that and had surgery for it. And every single day, I don't know about you guys, but I get DMs from listeners asking about her all the time for an update. I get DMs about farts, so I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, anytime anything, anybody sees a viral video about farts, they send it to me. That's what I get. <laughs> it makes sense. It yeah. tracks. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca is has a great sense of humor, so that's good. She's she's holding up, but it sounds like, you know, you think like, oh, she's got surgery on her tongue, that's it. But it's a laundry list of stuff that she had to have done in order to make that happen. So she sent us an update, which she said she's totally cool with sharing on the air. So she's dealing with several different recoveries. Her tongue swelling has decreased, so that's a yay, but it still remains swollen, so it affects her speech and diet. She's still on purees. She can't chew yet. Um, She's pretty understandable when she speaks, but not radio-friendly, and it's hard to understand her over the phone, which is why we haven't had her on yet. Um, As part of repairing the tongue, they had to take skin grafts, so there was one from her thigh that's close to being completely healed. They also took a larger graft from her left arm, which had a tattoo on it, so you can see the tongue on her tattoo, or the tattoo on her tongue that's requiring more time to heal it's her biggest obstacle her mom has to type for her she has to wear a brace to assist with the healings she can't use that hand or arm just yet Um, she had a tracheotomy during the surgery where they go in through your throat for breathing purposes so she's saying that's going to be resolved within the next week doesn't affect her too much but she also had a neck dissection to remove the lymph nodes from the right side of her neck so she's got a long line of sutures in the swollen Mm -hmm. neck but she says that's healing and it looks worse than it feels 
Um, so once she's going to find out more on Wednesday, but next up will be radiation for her. But I think if she, depending on what she finds out on Wednesday, she might come in for a visit on Friday oh, to wow, say hi really? to everybody. Oh, dang. Oh, okay. Yeah. So nothing out of the ordinary. Everything here is like progressing the way yeah. it should. It sounds like there's a laundry list here, but it's a laundry list that is happening the way it's supposed to. Yeah, everything's unfolding okay. the way it's supposed to. She's healing well and just sounds like the biggest obstacle is her arm and not being able to use that arm or her hand. Because I think the thing to take from this is that, oh, you hear somebody has tongue cancer and they're going to get it removed. But there's so much more yeah, involved. You don't even realize that. Exactly. And so I think um, she does have the best sense of humor and just continue to send her, you know, healing vibes and well wishes um, and just as long as she keeps that mindset up and I think she, she's going to do fantastic. Great. All right, let's get Tasha on here who thinks like her gut is telling her something's not right there. I can see it. I can see it. Hey, Tasha. Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing okay. All right. So you end up over at Thanksgiving dinner over at your boyfriend's place and you see a chemistry going on with him and his ex. Yeah, it was really weird. Okay. Like, I've been dating Sean for, like, about a year now, and he always goes home to his, his like, parents. He's really close with his family, so he, like, goes there, like, almost every weekend. And I really hadn't met them before Thanksgiving, so this was, like, the first time I met everybody at the same time. And honestly, like, I wasn't even supposed to be there to begin with. So, like, I was going to go do Thanksgiving with my family, like, my parents, my brother, like I always do, but they got a stomach flu. And so they're like, don't come. And I think he just felt kind of obligated to invite me. Like, it was really, like, he was kind of, like, standoffish about it. I don't know if that makes sense. And then, so when I was there, uh, you know, his ex-girlfriend is married to his cousin. So it it just, Uh, like, it didn't feel right. uh, Yeah. uh. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, he just, like, they kept looking at each other, right? And, like, I swear there's, like, this one point, too, where they were, like, I, like, walked in on them having a moment. I don't know if that, like, it was just so weird. And so, like, it just, the whole thing feels really suspicious to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if we could, like, you go, like, send her, like, like is something going on? Or, like, uh, if he would send her flowers. So I know she said her birthday is next week. So, so like, this I'm is one of those things, to, like, this is one of those things where it's hard to describe, but you know it when you see it. You know, you just feel yeah. it in your bones. You feel it from across. You can see it from across the room, like they're talking. You enter the room, and it's just something subtle. I've seen this. Uh, it was just yeah, subtle, like and the they stopped their. Stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you ask him like how she ended up with his cousin, and if he like if they if they, if they had a conversation about that? <laughs> That's a fair question. <laughs> right? That would have been my first. Yeah, he like didn't really want to talk about it. That's the thing. Like he doesn't want to talk about her when we were in the car driving back. Huh. So we're just he's just mm. being like very awkward about it. And like I guess they met when he was dating her and his cousin cuz like he's really close with his family. He's always going home to see them so I assume like they spend a lot of time together when he's in his t- when he drives back. The whole not talking about it thing is is kind of odd also. Uh, cuz it's it could, it could just be the uncomfortable part of ha- hanging out with an ex also and you're yeah. misinterpreting it. Who knows? It feels like you would be safe in this situation, even though they might have feelings for each other because she's married to the cousin. So you would imagine, like, there's nothing for you to worry about, even if there was something there. I don't see how he would cross that line because she's still married to his family member. Abby, what do you think? I think maybe it was a messy breakup because if he's not wanting to talk about it, maybe he feels uncomfortable because it brings up a lot of emotions and he doesn't want to cry. And if I was speculating... Uh, which I am, Um, I would think that the moment that you walked in on was maybe not a moment, but maybe she still has unresolved feelings that he felt uncomfortable because then you walked in. Like, it doesn't have to be romantic for it to be a moment. Right. And it certainly doesn't have to be cheating. Uh, All right, Tasha, give us 24 hours. We will do our War of the Roses. We will send him some flowers, and we'll see who he turns around and he sends these to. And it better be you, okay? I hope so. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, bye. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Jennifer Lawrence is shutting down plastic surgery rumors. So ever since Jennifer made her comeback since giving birth to her son, everyone's noticed she looks a little different. She looks amazing, 
but subtly different. That's how you know it's bad. Everyone's like, she looks really good. What happened? Um, well, she's saying it's all makeup and not plastic surgery. And when I first read this headline, I immediately thought, hmm, that reminds me a lot of when Kylie Jenner said that she didn't get lip filler because she overlines her lips and it's just makeup. And funny enough, all these quotes are coming out from an interview via Interview Magazine with Jennifer Lawrence interviewing Kylie Jenner. Ironic. So Jennifer said, I also think it's incredible what makeup can do because I work with a makeup artist who overlines the lip and I call him a plastic surgeon because everyone in the last few months since I've been working with him is convinced that I had eye surgery. So I let's say she did. Right. And she's lying about it. I what is the reason to lie about it? Like everybody in L.A. gets it done anyway. They're in an industry which almost (laughs) calls for it. So what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're giving people unattainable um expectations of beauty and especially um women so i i go to atlanta face and body i do injectables i have been very open and honest about that and i think it's important to be open and honest about those things so people understand that (laughs) you those things are are paid for which is why i also need to tell people that I used to have a very small nose and have surgery on it. (laughs) And so this is not my real nose. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous to me. It does feel like some very weird PR campaign to be like, don't worry, guys, I didn't get plastic surgery, but like something's different. And whether or not it's surgery or not, it could be Botox. There's certain types of Botox that can lift your eyes. And if you're going to come out in public and be like, well, it didn't go under the knife. Sure, that's a new truth, but it's still you've still gotten something done. Yeah, exactly. And I just I feel like you need to be transparent about that stuff because otherwise people I mean, and and that's why I feel like magazines need to be forthcoming about like how extreme they go with photos. Photoshopping. Um, Do we really even still need to say this anymore? Yes, that even actresses with so- and actors are going to get um, plastic surgery. Uh, you see a picture online or in a magazine, it's going to be photoshopped. Do we still need to yes. educate people on that? We yes, we do because when you're talking about tweens and teens, they're they're not going to like they're not going to think about that stuff. They're they just know gonna- more about Facetune than older people do. I know they know about more about Facetune, but still, you have these just unrealistic expectations of yourself, and then you do this like comparison thing is like why can't I look like that well it's because she went in and she got fillers put in her lips and that's why her lips look like that um yeah I just I I and I'm I'm all about doing whatever's going to make you feel good about yourself um I just feel like you should be open and honest about it so is the purpose of lying then because you feel like you lose points if it's not natural is that why at the end of the day they hide this I don't know but and I'm a huge fan of Jennifer Lawrence she's like one of those actors Mm -hmm. that like if she's in it I'll watch it and I did notice I felt like something was like looked a little different like you can't really put your finger on it but also women's faces and bodies change after they have a kid and after they have a baby and she had a child not that long ago the other real reason to talk about it too and that's why you see a lot of people especially with like TikTok there's this bold glamour filter that looks absolutely realistic like but it gives you contour highlights filler um is kids and teens and social media I mean, it causes body dysmorphia and eating disorders when they see these and they don't look like these photoshopped images and they can't tell the difference. Isn't it a parent's responsibility, though, to sit down your kids and go just let you know again, just to remind you again and again and again, that's not real? It, it is a parent's responsibility, but at the same time, parents can use a little help with trying to, like, manage these expectations. I, I feel like as a, as, as a society, we can all be in this together to let our kids know, like, yeah, um, she looks like this because she did X, Y, Z. It's also, you don't know what everyone's had done. Yeah. So it's hard when your kid's on TikTok and someone's got a filter on and they don't know or they don't know they've gotten plastic surgery done in the tens of thousands of dollars. And I think it, the onus should be on the person who got the work done to not lie to the public mm. about what you had done if you're asked about like it. Like if your child is like, I want to look like Kylie Jenner so bad. I want to look like Kylie Jenner so bad. And you just, I, you know, and like, why don't I look like that? It, it's It's important that they know, like, she looks like that because she had things done to make her look like that. Yeah, it's so weird to me how celebs get defensive as if plastic surgery is some bad thing when it's, it's so normalized in in um, in celeb culture. And she mm-hmm. basically came out and was like, you know what? People are comparing me to 19 to today. Obviously, yeah. you are going to change, but 
um, I don't know. Something happened. She looked real good. But if you want to have... She looked good before. She looked, she's always been stunning. She, I mean, she looks, she looks really good. And, and I'm going to be honest. I think that's why people are so vocal about wondering what she had done. Not that she looks incredibly different because she was beautiful then, but she was more of like a natural beauty. And we can definitely tell she had a little bit of a glow up. Mm-hmm. She had a little bit of a glow up. So maybe it's just makeup. I need to call her makeup artist. But whatever. <laughs> Bird Show. So Abby was low-key humiliated over Thanksgiving, which we'll get to here in just one second. And then Mo had some family drama walking into his Thanksgiving also. 52% of Americans give up their New Year's resolutions by March. So where are you talking? 12 weeks. That's a long time. <laughs> I'm so actually too. kind of impressed. I am too. Is it really? I thought it would be a lot sooner than I that. I did too. I thought yeah. it would be sooner. 12 weeks. That's only three months. Oh, I figured they'd be giving it up at like in February. (laughs) Valentine's Day, max. Yeah. Yeah. You can see at the gym, man. I know in January that parking lot is going to be packed. Packed. I can't find a parking spot. February, I'm right up front. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm worried about in January is like the place where I go and I do yoga. It's it's like one studio. It's like, you know, the classes are like full but not too full. And I'm like, so help me if I get there and I can't. Can't get my spot up to the wall by the left, second row back, because I don't. I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, I'm pausing my membership in January. I've already, I've already told myself I am not going to the gym in January. Why? Really? Because it's just gonna be too much. I don't like crowds. Mm. I like my space, so I'm just gonna work out by myself. <laughs> in, the, in the outdoors. Abby, tell uh, me how yeah. much you hate people without telling me how much you yeah, hate right? people. I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> We're in radio. Uh, we I need love, to like people. I love people, just not when they're lifting weights next to me. <laughs> I love people so long as I'm getting paid to entertain them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what happened at Thanksgiving? Low-key humiliated? Oh, God. So, yeah, my mom decided to humiliate me at the Thanksgiving table in the worst way. And if you've ever been out with my mom, like especially in our city, she loves to name drop the Burt Show. Oh, we will be at like a random Publix. We'll be checking out and my mom will be going out to, we'll talk to the cashier and be like, have you heard of the Bird Show? This is my daughter, Abby. Abby's on the Bird Show. And she's just so excited to like get people's response. It's, oh, that's good because we have no money for marketing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's really making sure we're getting our check. And um, if they have the audacity to say no, she'll like literally pull it up on her phone and be like, this is the Bird Show. This is where you can find it. It's really funny and there's entertainment and it's really, really great. You should listen to it. So she's really putting in the work to make sure that people are listening to the Bird Show. Your, so, your family's so sweet. Mine didn't even know we got kicked off in Lexington. <laughs> Either did we. <laughs> no, Carrie is the queen of the P1s. I love it. So uh, the way our Thanksgiving works is every year my family gets a big Airbnb, usually outside of our city. And so because this year it was in our city, I couldn't skip Thanksgiving. So I'm like, I'm ready to show up guns ablaze and ready to handle anything that Thanksgiving may throw my way. Now this year I was blessed enough to not have to have like the same problems that I know Jackson was talking about. Like, oh, when are you getting married? And I went the job. Like I'm in the complete opposite direction to where like my mom is so thrilled to talk about my career accomplishments that I knew that it was going to be pretty fine. But I knew she was going to be obnoxious about the job. So I show up and my mom is already one and a half mimosas deep, which means she's blacked out. And she comes up to me. She's like, Abby is so excited you're here. We're getting ready to eat dinner. Let's pop a squat and let's all listen to the first show. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let me say hi to everybody. Let me get my turkey and actually like see everyone before you start throwing my accomplishments in their face. So we're sitting down at dinner. Your mom's about to air check you in front of all your family. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kristen. She's about She's about to put us in the Bose speaker and make everyone listen to one of our segments or my podcast podcast because then she's like, have you heard of this new podcast? It's going 2 million downloads. It's so great. You should all listen to it. And so, okay, so Thanksgiving dinner is is happening. We are all gathered around the table. We're all sharing our surprisingly not dry turkey because normally it's very unseasoned and gross, but this year they did a good job. Shout out to my family. And my mom pulls out her phone and she's like, did you know my daughter, Abby, who you have all have known for 26 years, works for the Burt Show. We should all listen to the Burt Show right now. So she pulls out her phone (laughs) and I'm just sitting there in a cold sweat. So anxious about what (laughs) segment she has decided to play, whether it's from my podcast or from the Burt Show. And then I realize that in the first 10 seconds, I know what's probably about to play. Oh no, 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 no. Yep. Which one? So she pulls out her phone. I'm looking around my family and I'm like, God, I know what's about to happen. 
happen. She presses play, and this is the first thing I hear. Sex. There you go. Got your attention. Let's talk about it. I know you want to have better sex because mm, who does So that's an ad I had to record for my podcast (laughs) where I am going off about sex toys because I just signed an endorsement with Adam and Eve where I am like blabbing about the different vibrators you can buy, the different lingerie you can buy, the adult films that are available for purchase. And I'm just looking at my mom like, what? <laughs> and she's like, well, we'll just skip past it. We'll just skip past it. I'm like, no, mom, the moment is gone. The uh-huh. moment is gone. And again, who else is in that room listening here? My aunt, my grandparents, my cousins, <laughs> my uncles, my dad, my mom, wow. my brother, my cousin's fiance, uh, a dog. Uh, <laughs> well played by your mom. <laughs> what, what's your, what was your parent or what was your grandparents face looking like when you're talking about like the toys. Oh. Thank God they're half deaf because I'm not even really sure they were quite paying attention to what was going on, but I could not have tackled her fast enough. I was I like, turn bet. it off. And then we had to end up listening to some segment. I can't remember what it was. I was so embarrassed that I, I couldn't think of anything else. Get it. The Bird Show. Mo knew going into Thanksgiving, you didn't even know this kind of drama was going to be there, but Mo was walking into a hornet's nest because they've had to, like, cancel Thanksgiving because of one family member. Yeah, my Thanksgiving was, uh, well, yeah, canceled for the last two or three years. And so it was it was very interesting going into this year's Thanksgiving on what it was going to look like because there hasn't been a Thanksgiving <laughs> for quite some time. So in my family... Thanksgiving tradition has been the same exact thing for as long as I can remember. I think in my entire life, I might have done something different for Thanksgiving once, maybe twice. So forever, as far as I can go back, it's been like the same 25 to 30 people. Uh, Everybody kind of brings the same food. We, We do all of the same activities. Nothing changes. And my mom always hosts it. So it always looks the same every year. And then uh, COVID happened and it messed up Thanksgiving for us, like I'm sure it did for a lot of people. And a lot of the drama was around the fact that a couple people got COVID. And so they didn't have COVID on actual Thanksgiving week or Thanksgiving day, but they felt like Thanksgiving should look different because they felt everyone should take a COVID test going in to make sure that everybody was COVID free. Now, for whatever reason, when you have 25 to 30 people that are showing up to the same place, it is not easy to get everybody on the same accord. And there were a few people who felt like they didn't think they should have to take a COVID test because they it was not requested by the actual host or owner of the home on Thanksgiving. They don't feel like you should be able to request that of people if you are simply a guest in someone's home. Now, because my parents didn't necessarily want to divide everyone and kind of make everyone do one thing or the other, my mom tried to fix it, and it matches their personalities because my mom was trying to find a way to make everybody happy, and my dad was like, no, it's canceled for everybody now. Since since y'all don't know how to act like adults, there is no Thanksgiving. So for two years, there was literally no Thanksgiving. I mean, it was just me and my family, which was cool. It wasn't bad. It was just different because I'm just so used to seeing all of the same people and so used to having this really big crowd. And then it became like a, a war amongst some of the members in my family because they're on Facebook sharing statuses with each other and it was pretty clear that there were certain family members taking shots and digs at other family members for not wanting to do what they requested in order to make Thanksgiving come together. So it was canceled one year. The next year my dad tried to bring it back around and it seemed like people still had tension so he did it again. It's canceled this year too because y'all clearly haven't figured out how to behave. So there's been no Thanksgiving. This year, I called my dad and I'm like, what is this going to look like? Are we actually having a Thanksgiving this year? Which this is me and my dad's favorite holiday. Everybody knows that. So for us, it was a lot more rough than it was for everyone else. And so he tells me, well, we're having it. So my second question was, I know a lot of the drama was really surrounding a, a couple of people. And will they be there? And he said, yeah, they, they will be there. So we didn't know how this was going to go. Now, I think the reason it didn't go as bad as I anticipated that it would was because of one thing my mom did. I think it was actually genius, and I don't know if she realizes that she saved Thanksgiving. But what normally happens is every year there is a circle of where you're supposed to tell everyone what you're grateful for and what you're thankful for. 
And I personally, to be honest, never like the circle because it's always done during the Dallas Cowboys game. <laughs> and you're never thankful for that. No. <laughs> and so you usually have to miss a lot of the game because it's, as you can imagine, it's 30 people going around in a circle telling everybody what they're thankful for. The problem with that is usually someone says something or does something that makes someone else in that circle not so thankful for them. <laughs> During the grateful circle? Yes. People are petty. And it, it usually, because you, you get there first, you have a couple of drinks, and then mm-hmm. everybody will start to say what they're thankful for. Someone always throws a shot, a jab. So I, in my mind... I just knew it was going to be like someone who said, well, I'm thankful that Thanksgiving is finally back or something Uh like that. And I knew that would row it up and that would get it going. So my mom, I didn't see this coming, didn't know it was a thing, but she makes the announcement that this year we're doing things differently and we're not going to go around the entire circle and tell what you're thankful for. Only she and my dad, as the host of the Thanksgiving, are going to do it. Well played. And I personally looked into my aunt's face, who I know is the petty one of the family, and you can see the disappointment <laughs> that just kind of roll over her body because I think she really planned oh, to she, get her, her thoughts out in that moment. She had some in the chamber, didn't she? <laughs> she, she did. <laughs> she was on that flight the entire time. Just like, which one should I break out? <laughs> so uh, once that happened, we, we shut it down pretty quickly. Everybody got to eating and everybody got to drinking. And some people left early because I think that was their way of getting out of Dodge before things got ugly. Yeah. And there was really nothing to report. Everything went fine. Well played, Mom. Yes, sir. Well played. Shout out to my mom. She saved the Thanksgiving. It's the Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. Today is Giving Tuesday, and I can't think of any better way than eating chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Zaxby's specifically. Why Zaxby's, Kristen? Well, we want you to make a donation to Burt's Big Adventure. And when you make a donation to Burt's Big Adventure today for Giving Tuesday, Zaxby's is going to match that donation up to $25,000. And we have to give a huge shout-out to George. So George made a very substantial donation to Burt's Big Adventure, um, a $2,000 donation, which means nice. that now got turned into $4,000 thanks to Zaxby's matching your donations. And in the comment for his donation, he put, <laughs> Burt will appreciate this. I lost something very important. I recalled the Burt Show talking about St. Anthony. I'm Greek Orthodox. Our version is St. Fenorius. When praying, I promise that if I found it, I donate two grand to BBA. Found it within an hour, and Burst Big Adventure got a massive donation. I am wow. telling you, St. Anthony is the saint that is uh, picks up on the half ring. <laughs> <laughs> Never let me down. So obviously, we're not expecting you to donate $2,000. But if you donate just $5, that just turned into $10 thanks to Zaxby's. And you can donate online at BurtsBigAdventure.org or just text the word BERT, B-E-R-T, to 50155. However, that ends today. Today is the last day that Zaxby's will match your donation. So, Abby had a great idea because you get to a certain age, right? And it's just hard to make friends. Yeah, especially in your 20s. I mean, you change so much that it's only natural that your friend group is going to change. And that was a position that I found myself in, obviously moving to Atlanta and realizing my life has changed a lot. And my friends are obviously very different. I, I left an entire friend group back in Jacksonville. And I think because life was such a whirlwind of coming to Atlanta and doing so many different things that I didn't really take the time to be intentional about reaching out to people and making new friends. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we change that? So I decided to start this thing on Facebook called the One Less Lonely Girl Squad. And we are now up to 450 members in this Facebook group. I know. It's amazing. It's big. (laughs) And so we actually, we had our first meetup over break where we went on a little hike around Kennesaw Mountain because your girl likes to be active. (laughs) And people showed up. Yeah? People and a dog. (laughs) (laughs) People and a dog showed up. I want to give a shout out to Gabby, her mom, Nadia, Olivia, Taylor, Tiffany, Tracy, Anna, Carly. We all had a blast getting our steps in. We got to, we bonded. The girls were girling. We got some cute photos. <laughs> and then we went down to the Marietta Square Market and we got like some really good food after. Oh my God, who knew Marietta was such a food destination? Right. So we had such a good time that I thought, let's do something 
else later in the week. So this week on Thursday, uh, we are doing a an event I'm calling Axes and Pinos, uh, kind of like X's and O's, but Axes and Pinos, get it? Oh, it, you're so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. So we're having an event at a local winery in Atlanta. I won't say where because, you know, I want to protect the safety of the women. So yep. if you want to know where, you got to join the group on Facebook. Well, you will have access to protect yourself as well. Yeah, we will have access. So <laughs> if, if any scary murderers show up, I'm yeah. ready to defend, defend the honor of the ladies. So join the Facebook group. You can find it in the link in my Instagram bio at the Abby Murphy. Do not DM me. It is in the link in my bio <laughs> at the Abby Murphy because we're going to be throwing axes and we're going to be listening to live music and we're going to be drinking hella wine. So come out <laughs> if you want to have a good time. I think like 50 people are RSVP. Awesome. Um, shout out to Moving Target ATL. They are bringing the axes for free. So I think when you move to a uh a, a state or you've been in the same state for a really, really long time, moving on now, um, that you kind of start to feel like you've met all of the people to date in that state. And then you just start feeling like this state or this city sucks when it comes to dating. Right. And we got this email from a Berkshire listener that's saying, like, is it just me or does Georgia suck as far as dating <laughs> goes? And should I just move out of the state? Hi, Bert Show. I'm a longtime listener of the show and I'm looking for some guidance, mainly Kristen, since she's so damn good with advice. Thank you. That's very sweet. Some people on Facebook would disagree with you. <laughs> um, it's currently Thanksgiving night. And once again, I spent a, yet another holiday without a significant other. I'm a 37 year old gay man. I consider myself fairly eligible, great family, decent job income, no kids, pretty handsome, decent shape, take care of myself, own property, no debt, etc but I just can't seem to find the right guy. I've lived in Atlanta for 23 years, actively seeked a relationship, and I've had a few that each lasted less than two to two and a half years. As a gay man, I find Atlanta to be very transient, clicky, or full of guys just looking for hookups or the next best thing. So my ask is this, should I consider a move? Maybe this dating pool just isn't right for me. I do stay in Atlanta for a few reasons, familiarity, my niece, nephew, family, and my well-paying job that does require me to be in the office. I know you are going to solve this for me with a five-minute segment, but would love to hear what others think. Uh, no, it's you. This state's great. <laughs> not for anybody who's dating, it's not. Uh, I, I, I have worked in a couple of different cities uh, in my career, and it's always the same story. Uh, people are frustrated in each and every city. The dating sucks in Dallas. The dating sucks in Washington, D.C. The dating sucks in Atlanta. The dating sucks. Just enter a city, right? I don't know that it's any different anywhere else. And, you know, generally speaking, the statistics are mostly sort of 50-50 in every city also. So I don't know. Maybe your personality fits better in another city. So maybe that works. It's possible, but you also might be able to find more of what you're looking for in a different city. Like I think dating sucks everywhere, but you are going to find a different crop of people in every city. Every city has its own vibe and, you know, people of different cultures live in different cities uh, more prominently than others. So the only reason I would move is if I felt like I wasn't meeting good people. If I, if I felt like I was just striking out and, you know, maybe I was just having a bad experience with dating of like, oh, I really like this guy, but then he dumped me. You at least, you know, you got up to the plate and swung. But if you feel like you're not finding people that you're clicking with, maybe it is time to look at a different city that has more people that you'd be interested in. I think it's all the same, too. I've been single in many a city, bigger cities, smaller cities. I just think dating sucks, period. It's just hard. It takes a lot of patience. But I will say this. I don't think you have to move to necessarily find the right person, but I do think you should travel. I think something about traveling opens up your options a lot more. And if you're not traveling, you'll probably find it harder than if you were. You know, the more we're talking about it, though, it's not necessarily the city, but it's the interest of that city. Like, if you're a real outdoorsy person, then it seems to me like there would be more outdoorsy people in, I don't know, a Southern California. Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest, maybe. So maybe you, it's more of picking your city than it is the people in that city because they're all going to gravitate there anyway. I mean, you've been here for 23 years. Um, I think it's time for an adventure. I mean, I always encourage, you know, obviously you have things that are keeping you here and I respect that. But if you're able to find a job somewhere else, I say, while well, you can do it. Go. Why not? Right. Yeah. You can always come back. 
True. I mean, you would think like the dating sites make it easier for you to find like a specific kind of person if you are looking for a specific kind of person anywhere. But I really do think this is an everywhere thing. I don't think you can solve dating by moving. And I don't know if this is a cliche or not. Like, it is the gay community a very uh, large, small community in Atlanta? Like, you've been here for 20 years now. You've seen what this community, the gay community, has to offer here. So maybe it's time to move to another city that has an equal representation in that community, a New York City, a San Francisco, a DAP, wherever, you know, but maybe it is time. Yeah, or at least change your hinge location. Maybe you don't have to physically move, but you can virtually move. <laughs> All right. All right. It's the Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show.